Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hummel. And I'm your host, Sully Hummel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Today, we're talking about the movie Girl House from 2014. And this is going to be our shortest podcast ever. Ever? Because here it is. Here's the whole thing. Once upon a time... We watched a terrible, terrible movie. It was bad. The end. That's true. Are we done now? I mean, do you don't think that we should talk about <laughs> issues or anything? So. Take it too seriously and turn it into something else? Here's the thing. There are many times when I am very aware that what I am doing is taking a movie too seriously. Right? Like, I am not doing the thing that you're supposed to do when you watch a movie where you set aside reality uh-huh. and just enjoy the movie, live in that new world, even if it's a horror world. Like, I know that I do that. That's kind of my thing. It's my shtick, right? Good shtick. <laughs> but there is this special subgenre of horror. It's incel horror. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's all it is. It's... It's the horror movies that are made by people who hate women and know that they can slide their hatred for women and their desire to murder them in multiple ways into a horror movie and get away with it. Right. That was this movie. That was. This movie reminds me of The Scare House from last year, which was exactly the same thing. Both of these movies are just women getting killed and deserving it like the story the the only plot to either of these movies was these women are bad people and deserve to die sure it, well what's interesting is that's the plot of like the last half of this movie the first half has none of that in it because the movie opens with a quote from a you know a great scholar of our time someone we often turn to when we're wondering about the ethics of a situation. Yeah, right. Exactly. We we, we want to know how we should be acting. We get a quote like this from a gentleman such as this. It was something along the lines of, porn makes people terrible, and I should know it tore me out of my life and made me into a monster. Yeah. Says Ted Bundy. Yeah. Because... Boy, oh boy, do I care what Ted Bundy thinks about sex and violence. Indeed. And that's, you know, the first half of the movie is the porn half, where it's got a whole thing of just showing girls semi-naked. And, like, that's that's entertainment part one. And then entertainment part two is them being stuffed in a bag. Slaughtered. Like, yeah, yeah in, in multiple different ways. And that's the thing. And even the first half, even though much of the actual dialogue, much of what was being said out loud was, oh, you know, she's she's being driven to this. It's, she has to do this in order to stay in school and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. All those like 
This is why we justify it as if women can't just have control over their own sexuality. Nope. So, like, they were saying all the right things in terms of, you know, she's not bad. Mm-hmm. She's This is just her, her circumstances, right? But the underlying message was, look at this girl resorting to dirty, dirty porn. Like, yeah. she was, even though she was a good person, she was doing a bad thing and it was very but she had to right but it's the it's, only reason but it was still clearly established that she was making the wrong choice the whole thing felt like this is probably really offensive but it felt like a christian movie <laughs> yes it did like something with kevin sorbo in it that's supposed to make you feel bad like kind of and you know you think well it's a horrible gory murder movie why would that be christian but it's like those haunted houses they create where the scary stuff is that there's an abortion going on and these people are gay it was like that (laughs) well here's the thing i think you're not wrong about the similarities between those two because if you think about Christians making a movie about, you know, saving someone from making porn or or getting an abortion or whatever, and incels making a movie about, you know, women who deserve it, who who won't have sex with them, but are too sexual, you know, like that whole idea. The perspective is the same in the sense that we're writing a story, we're telling a story about people that we think are bad. Mm-hmm. And it just it was so pervasive through the whole movie that that these women were bad and that they deserved what was happening to them. And I mean, the whole thing, the very last like line of the whole movie is the guy who murdered all of them right before he. OK, it's not the last line because it's before the, you know denouement scene or whatever Mm -hmm. but like he's having his head bashed in by the you know the one girl who survives in any horror movie yes and his last words are i thought you were nice yeah it's pretty straightforward i'm sorry what (laughs) in this situation you've murdered like a dozen women (laughs) and men and she's the bad guy like and she's not being nice right and the whole thing like It's very possible. Now, when I say made by incels, I don't know who made this movie. I don't know who they are or what they were really trying to do. But what I do know is that within the culture that we have in this country around women and sexuality and violence and all of those things being mashed up together and privilege and and entitlement and all of that, like this movie came across bad. Yes. Yes, it did. Like, super bad. It was so strange. Well, super bad isn't that bad of a movie. (laughs) This is very different. Although, also pretty misogynist. But it was just so strange. Like, I mean, no question the character was an incel and just following all those tropes. But it's really hard to divorce the movie from that because of how the rest of it was done. It was like he was the one making the movie. Right. It's like you talked about... Uh, in one of the earlier episodes this month where you talked about the male gaze. Yeah. Um, it's the incel gaze. This is the incel gaze. This is it. It's that, you know, women use their sexuality as a weapon. Like, that was a huge, huge thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, if a woman is being sexual, she's weaponizing it. There's nothing else 
to be done. Like there's no other alternative because there is no other way for a woman to be sexual. Yeah. What the heck? Like, ugh, ugh. And then, and then you top, (laughs) since you're speechless, let me continue. (laughs) Go ahead. And then you top all of that with these like sprinkles of white privilege because these pretty white girls, and they weren't all white, but most of them were, these pretty white girls could be in a house where they were having, you know, they were on camera naked all the time making money. And that was something to be frowned upon, but also something to be forgiven. Like her boyfriend and her Mm -hmm. best friend were like, I think you're making a mistake, but I support you. Like that's a very white privilege kind of a thing. Like we don't make those same excuses for uh, underprivileged individuals. We don't make those same excuses for actually poor women. Like, they set this up as this main character was having hard times because, you know, she couldn't go to her fancy college because her dad had died and her mom couldn't afford to pay her tuition anymore. Like, yes, okay, they're trying to make her seem poor, but at the same time, she was definitely not poor. That's very true. And that, uh, her boyfriend approving, so in quotes, leads to the most brutal, gory scene in the movie which is where she has an argument with her boyfriend when he reveals that he knows she is in this girl house. And that's how that's why he stalked her and showed up at her college an hour away from where he lives. Yeah. And her first response... And he's the good guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Her first response is like, ew, that's terrible. I don't want to be around you anymore. And she walks about three feet away and then the whole thing flips around to where she's basically begging him not to leave her because she's trash. And yeah, and it, it's so terrible what she does, but this is why she has to do it. Yeah. yeah. It was horrific. And he is a hero by allowing her yes. to, really, yeah. to continue to do the things that she wants and to do. It's an instant flip of their entire dynamic because he came into this whole thing as this loser who could, you know, who always dreamed of being with her since literally kindergarten. And uh, red flag. Yeah. And he was, you know, trying everything just to make sure he could just be nice enough that she doesn't, you know, reject him immediately and trying, you know, little date here, little date there. And that is completely turned on its head the second this is revealed and it's oh no please don't yeah leave me for being a terrible person yeah mm. and then there's also a dash uh well not a dash there's a whole lot there's a a healthy dollop of sex work shaming yes because I had that note. you know again the only way they can justify doing these things is that there you know there's these reasons why they have yeah. Why they have to be there. They, you know, they were being abused at home or they need money for school or this or that or the other thing. Like there is never, or or they're lesbians because, you know, that was, that's the other thing yeah, is if you're a good. lesbian, you're a sex worker. Because everybody knows that if you are only attracted to women, what you're really attracted to is men watching you. Yes, Ugh. that's that's the heart of it. But like there's always, there's always some justification for why they would make this this terrible shameful choice in their life and not just i like sex or i recognize that my body is something that i can use as leverage in this culture in this society to get money like 
other people use their bodies to lift heavy things for other people. Like, it's just, yeah. There's the race issues and the class issues and the sex worker issues and then just slathered all in a greasy sauce of incel entitlement. Like, the whole thing was just disgusting. Yes, that all describes it well. So let's talk about the funny scene. Um, Okay. The main girl, I would call her the main character, but really, let's be fair, her boyfriend's the main character. (laughs) As he should be. (laughs) He has all the right parts. (laughs) The main female (laughs) sub-lead. When she first gets to Girl House, she gets to do her first time on camera. Oh, yeah. And it's dumb. It's like, you know, a dumb little dance where she's kind of trying to take off her clothes and she doesn't really know what she's doing. But of course, it's like, okay, I was thinking about this during the movie and this is my analogy. All right. You watch a movie about the world's greatest violinist. And when you watch the movie, they demonstrate that by having him play his violin and you don't know. It's just a violin song. Like, we don't have the knowledge to know that that's impressive or amazingly skilled. Sure. So they have the audience going, oh, whoa, how's that? And, you know, they have other professional violinists who are like, wow, I can't believe he's doing something I couldn't do. Right. That's what we get here with her her butt shows and the viewer numbers. No one... Everyone watching every other part of the house logs off and goes straight to her camera. They have these little percentages. So it goes zoop. And it's all literally 100% her. Nobody's just le- away from their computer or nope. anything. No. Nope. And everyone's like, oh. All the other girls whoa. in the house are also for some reason watching yes. on the camera. Because well, 100% of people are watching. Yeah. And, and are just like jaw dropped it's the stunned and of course the diva girl who runs the house you know it's like the hottest girl in the house or whatever is like ah i don't like this new girl she's better than me while we were watching i had this very strong sense that we were watching like that pulp fiction scene where they open the briefcase and it just glows gold and they're Uh shocked and we don't know what's in there but it's clearly like the most amazing thing in the world right mind-blowingly amazing and it was like that because we never get to see anything about her like we see her naked back and that's it and then we see everyone just like paralyzed with awe at how how amazing her chest is uh, like I expected there to be a, ye- a, a you know a yellow glow coming from <laughs> right. her, right? It's the craziest thing I've ever seen, and it, it's a scene you see, but not in a movie like this. Like and not it's a to weird, that extreme. It's like from a Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> yes, yes, it was parody level yeah. reaction in what was not a parody movie. It's so weird. <laughs> Can we talk a minute about the girl? I never did get her name. The the girl who had been kicked out, yeah. who broke back in. It was some of the, you know, scariness was that there was somebody who was able to get into the house, had the, uh-huh. had the you know, code or whatever. Turned out it was the girl who had gotten kicked out because obviously they, they wouldn't change the security code after they kicked mm-hmm. somebody out. No. But she had been kicked out for being a heroin addict and she was all, no, 
I I kicked the habit. I'm not a heroin addict anymore. And this girl had flawless skin. Her hair was luxurious and wonderful. She, you know, was perfectly healthy looking. Yeah. Like literally well, she had gotten better solely. <laughs> the farthest thing from someone who would've been a heroin addict that you could possibly think of. Except then later we catch her doing heroin. Yeah, which is how I know <laughs> she never kicked the habit if she had it in the first place. Like yeah. It was just, again, it was one of those, like, they're giving us a piece of information. They're telling us something is true while giving no actual support to this yeah. thing that they were telling us. Well, and speaking of her luxurious hair, that's part of what makes this a movie made by incels. Because there's a scene, there's a couple different scenes, but there's one where the main girl is in a class at her college and it's just regular college class and she's talking to her friend next to her and it's just like you look across the row and it's like these five or six really hot girls just randomly that's what this class is all in full makeup yes they're super their hair made up. all blown out uh, you know in it's just not hot outfits real because you know college girls don't just pull their hair yeah. back in a ponytail, throw on some sweats and go to class. Yeah. At it, least I mean there so would have been weird. at least one of those people right. in that row. It's just the weirdest thing. And then there was another where like a guy was being into this lady in the office and it was the same thing where she yeah. was all like a, a music video. It was weird. And, and while they all had slightly different skin tones, hair color, eye color, that sort of thing, they all had an identical look. Yes. It wasn't like these are all amazingly pretty women. It was all these are all amazingly pretty women of this one particular variety. Yeah. They're kind of the Charlie's Angels. Yes. So like yeah, like if you had to decide, you know, what's the preference of the people <laughs> who make this movie, I'd be able to pin it down immediately. Yeah, well you know which one's his favorite. <laughs> Early on in the second half, in the like kill them all half, mm -hmm. one of the girls gets her hand, her fingers cut off, like yes. like cut off just the fingers. So she has her hand, but her fingers are gone on both hands, right? Yeah, Ter uh, thumbs too, which feels like it would have taken multiple chops, but yeah, yeah. So that happens, and it's tragic. It's terrible. It is terrible. I'm against it, just for the record. I'm glad to hear you say that. I, I'm, uh, yeah, okay. I'm glad. I, I'm not at all sure that the people who made this movie were against it. <laughs> sure. But here's the thing. After that, the most ridiculous things happen to that girl. Yeah. First of all, she's helping the, like, ginger-headed genius man who's out there watching porn, but he's clearly a good guy because he... You know, because he knows how to program computers, right? And he digs through the internet and finds their whatever he does technological yeah, he gets magic. Their address, yeah. She's helping him or trying to help him, and one of the things that she tries to do is to type <laughs> the address. But of course, her fingers are gone, so she's trying to use you know the her her palms basically, and that doesn't work because you know keyboards. So he tells her use your nose, and she does. But she takes the time to capitalize the name of the street. Yes, she does. Which was really funny because they don't they don't show you doing it. No. They just show a capital letter show up and you're like, wait a minute. Because she couldn't have held the shift button down. So that meant 
going over. First of all, she was using spacebar too, which like yeah. let move that, move on from that. Yeah, like just type the stuff. That. He can put the spaces in, right? <laughs> no, she uses the spacebar, and then she goes over and she hits the caps lock, and she hits the S, and then she goes back and hits the caps lock again, <laughs> and then types the rest of it. Like yeah. what? <laughs> that was super funny. Okay, so that was hilarious. Yeah. More tragic and upsetting than funny is the last part about this girl where she decides because her face has been bashed in and her fingers have been cut off that she's not pretty enough to live anymore. And you might think that I'm like being sarcastic about that, but no, that's actually what was going on. That's what she said. She told her friend not to save her because she couldn't go out looking like this. And then she took it one step further than telling her not to save her. Yes. She puts a bag over her head, pulls the strings tight. And then, And then we're back to the, like, comedic part almost. Because how? How did she do that? I don't know. No, but she worked but really was, hard to that make was that horrifying. happen. And just the most horrible part about it was thinking about the people writing it and yeah. making these decisions. And, like... Her fingers were cut off. Like, she's in tons of pain. Yeah. And isn't going to be able to do stuff for the rest of her life. Those are reasons. Absolutely. But no, she said, I'm not pretty anymore. Right. Which, right. what, she's going to have a couple scars on her face. Choices were made. Like, yeah. Like, right. And, and I have to assume that it wasn't, I mean, maybe it was about her face. But, I mean, she was massively disfigured. Absolutely. That's true. Like, there's trauma there. There's... But that wasn't the trauma that they were focusing on. No, it wasn't not at all. like you said, it wasn't my life has gotten suddenly a lot harder and different from what I expected it to yeah. be. What will people, you know, people will stare at my hands. Like it wasn't any of that. It was just, I'm not pretty anymore. Yeah. Not subtext. Just that's what it was. Ugh. Ugh. So, I mean, all of this leads me to my question about this movie, which you're not going to know the answer to. And that's, why was this on MovieBot? I don't know. I don't know either. Somebody somewhere told me, ooh, you got to see this. Yeah. Because that's how those movies end up on MovieBot. Yeah. And I don't know where it came from. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of glad I don't know. Yeah. Because I'd have to think. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to think. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it. the thing is, in our culture, those sorts of things are, they're subtle, they're sneaky. And mm-hmm. if you don't know, if you're not looking for it, It's just like, oh, horror movies are like this. People die in horror movies. I know they're, you know, people listening to this are thinking, oh, come on. Women get killed in lots of horror movies. Like, it's it's sneaky. But this one had a very different lens than a lot of other movies. I mean, honestly, one of my top movies we've ever reviewed. This might be my first reference to it this month. (laughs) I think I know what it is then. Is House of a Thousand Corpses. That is a horrific movie filled with terrible, terrible violence. Yeah. And yet, I didn't feel violated as a woman by watching it. I felt violated as a human. (laughs) Sure. But not strictly because I was a woman. Mm -hmm. Whereas this movie, I very much get the message that women are bad and deserve to die from this movie. Yeah, it's pretty clear. It's not the most female-friendly movie Bechdel test problems, maybe. I don't know. They they were talking to each other about not boys. Were they? Were they? I mean, okay, does it count for the Bechdel test if they're talking to each other about not boys, but for the viewing pleasure of boys? 
That is an interesting question. I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't think so. That seems to violate the, like, the principles of the Bechdel I mean, test. She was talking with her friend about whether or not she should be running a webcam service or not. I don't, see, I don't <laughs> think that counts. As we went through this movie, I had three different theories about how it was going to go. And my first theory was, oh, this boyfriend guy who's being kind of stocky, kind of, it's going to turn out that he's the one who's going to show up and start killing everybody to go after her. And, you know, this other guy's just a mislead. He's just a creepy guy who likes these webcams. Or maybe she has a bad reaction to the fact that he, this dude she knew in kindergarten, shows up and is stalking well, her. Sure. And that sets him off. Absolutely. Yeah, that would have oh, been, yeah. been great. It, that that I mean, it still would have been a terrible movie, but yes. (laughs) I mean, that should have been a thing where she's like, yeah, this is weird. And then he's like, well, you're not being nice. And then we've got the whole rest of the movie, same as before. Exactly. That was theory one. And then theory two was that the uh, lover boy, the bad guy, would find out somehow that this guy was the boyfriend of the girl and would go after him, you know, either as competition or to get at her or whatever. And that would be the start of the whole thing, which makes sense. That's kind of his way in and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, nope, no, he was he was the hero, remember? He saved her in the end. The boyfriend was. Yes. Yes. By Which, showing up after was, the fact. That was the third note I made. I was like, oh, no, he's not going to save her, is he? <laughs> no. But, and here's the thing. He didn't. It he was all super over. super didn't. He spends an, uh, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever, driving to this place when he finally finds out where it is and pulls up after she's already solved the problem mm-hmm. and walked out of the house. But Everything is her. done. Thank goodness that happened. Yeah. Because otherwise we might not have had that fantastic ending moment of her panic breathing being hypersexualized. Yeah, that that is what the final shot was. It was, it was that weird. idea again, it was that meshing of violence and sex together, yes. like tying them together as tightly as possible. Very upsetting. And completely for no reason at all. Just just let's bring you back to that violence. It was just one little last good night kiss to the men who were watching this movie because watching women get killed is something they enjoy. Yep, yep. Pretty good, pretty good. Ratings. This feels different than previous zeros. Like, it doesn't quite fit in that world, but it's, I mean, I'm giving it a zero for a different reason. Like, it's just not the same thing. It's, but it's something that's, it's terrible. It's so bad. And I was like, this is bad. Well, because in the past, you've given zeros for failing to have a story or... Well, I mean, unwatchability was definitely a factor in at least two of them that I can think of. Yeah. One, the entire movie was in slow motion, which is not (laughs) ideal. And one was just little girls screaming at each other for the whole movie. So that was fun. But yeah, this one, I mean, I guess it's unwatchable also. Oh my gosh, you were saying in the last episode about, you know, these old guys recommending movies and saying, oh, I don't like Saw 3. And, you know, being disappointed. Like, that's not, that's, there's other things in horror. That's what I felt about this movie is that a lot of people think this is horror. I mean, it is, but they think this is all that horror is. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, guys hitting girls with a hammer. That's, I don't want to watch that. You're disgusting because you are. They, they don't like me because I say, ooh, this is neat. What? No, they don't like you because you like a genre 
that people who make movies like this <laughs> claim to be a part of. Right. Like, that's not at all anything about what I want to see. Yeah. So, yeah, it's frustrating because then, like, they're looking down at me and they're like, oh, you're gross. And I'm like, but it's not. I didn't. <laughs> I can't. It won't. <laughs> So I give it zero leaf blowers out of five. <laughs> I like that our rating scale today is not based on the movie so much as the horrors of trying to record a podcast while the lawn guys are here. Yes. Yeah. I So I do not feel that same like confusion or conflict or whatever <laughs> it is that you're talking about because I think... I am going to say exactly the same thing about this movie as I said about Scarehouse last year, mm -hmm. which is I don't reward this kind of movie. Like, yeah. there was no plot here. There was the only plot, the only thing that kept these characters moving forward was that the women were bad because they were sexual and the men were justified in being mad that these women wouldn't give them sole control over that sexuality. Like, yes. that's it. And that is not a story that needs to be told in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. Not again. <laughs> and there was nothing There was nothing uh, redeeming to that story. I mean, there are ways to talk about that story that address the problems, but this was not that. No, it sure wasn't. And yeah, I don't, I don't reward this kind of movie. I don't think people should watch this kind of movie. I don't think this kind of movie should be made. And that, granted, is my personal opinion and other people can have different opinions. But I will always give movies like this a zero out of all the rating scales. So that's that. That is that. Our Evil Twins. For this movie is one we are not going to be talking about today. We will be watching it eight days from now. Oh, glad you did the math. Okay. Yay. So, yeah. So, it's one movie bot is giving us in eight days. Yes. So, we won't be watching it now. It's called His House from 2020. Maybe it's the exact same thing because get out of his house, girls. But it's not. I actually know a little something about it. And I guarantee the evil twin will be superior to the non-evil twin. Seems to be a pattern. I know. It's a little weird since I, I feel, picked them just for their names. I feel like uh, you picking a movie just based on its name is a better <laughs> way to find a movie than letting MovieBot pick. Which then says... You picking based just on the movie is a better way than letting other people tell us what movies are good. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some really good ones in this list. I know there are. I hope so. I hope so. We're still early on. This is only what? Movie nine. Movie nine. We have a long way to go. Well, I mean, it's kind of movie 17 if you count all the twins. But yeah, we've had some okay ones. Yeah. Okay. So... We're not going to talk about it's an helps. evil twin movie today. You'll have to catch that eight days from now. But what are we going to talk about tomorrow? In an exciting twist of fate, tomorrow we are going to watch, in the correct order, Prevenge from 2016, followed by, a year later, Revenge from 2017. So grammatically correct. How much better could that possibly be? Are these movies that are actually related to each other, or is it just a name thing? Nope, just a name. I love it. No relation. All right. We'll be back to talk about these grammatically connected movies <laughs> tomorrow. All right. Bye, Soli. Bye, Mikey.
So, you didn't like the movie then? No, I f***ing hated the movie. So not... You're not gonna give it five, are you? I'm not. Oh.